So all scriptures will be taken from the King James Version Bible. Not sure if what was said prior was heard. Um, so just to repeat in case persons didn't hear. Um, today I'll be speaking about the ninth Christ related foundation of the gospel of the civilization in the gospel which is the christ required right to be honored with the types of his birth words people now closely associated with the melchizedek ordinance of communion with bread and wine is another melchizedek ordinance that requires god's people to honor him with their tithes. so let's read genesis chapter 14 verse 20 on your own and notice that titan was celebratively linked to communion with bread and wine in genesis chapter 14 verse 18 and yet many of god's people in christendom oppose this ordinance and the strange thing about this anti-titan fear is this those who staunchly oppose this Melchizedek ordinance of tithing claim that they are operating in line with the word of God. And to strengthen their position, they claim that tithing is an Old Testament ordinance which has no New Testament doctrinal justification. Moreover, all of the no tight Christian groups cite 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 to 2 or 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 as the basis for their belief when the giving recorded in those two Corinthian texts had nothing at all to do with the taking up of offering for the local Corinthian assembly. Surely, the offerings catalogued in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 to 2 and the 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 to 7, which you will read on your own time, will essentially love offerings to be sent to the church in Jerusalem. This fact can be easily verified by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 2, in which the Apostle Paul stated that there must be no taking up of offering when he would have come to them. In addition to the facts from verses 3 to 4, it is evident that the offering referred to in verses 1 to 2 of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 was offering to be sent to Jerusalem. Moreover, to ensure that the offering referred to in verses 1 and 2 of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 reached the saints for whom it was collected, the Apostle Paul offered to go along with those whom the church would send with that 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 to 2 offering to carry same to the saints at Jerusalem. With respect to the offering mentioned in 2 Corinthians 9 verses 1 to 13, from verses 1 to 5, 
it is obvious that this second epistle was a follow-up to the first Corinthian letter and proof that this is indeed so would be arrived at by reading the following excerpts which i will be reading from second corinthians chapter 9 verses 1 to 5 it states for as touching the ministering to the saints it is superfluous meaning unnecessary for me to write to you for i know the forwardness meaning the readiness of your mind for which i boast of you to them meaning the saints of macedonia that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal had provoked meaning inspired very many yet have i said the brethren lest our boasting of you meaning recorded in verse 2 should be in vain in this behalf that as i said ye may be ready lest happily if they of macedonia come with me and find you unprepared we meaning that we say not yea should be ashamed in this same confident boasting therefore in order to avoid any embarrassment i thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty meaning gift whereof he had noticed before meaning in my first corinthian epistle that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty which i said meant gift and not as of covetousness so that's second corinthians chapter 9 verses 1 to 5. now anyone who understands the message of the verses will surely see that the offering being dealt with was not for the local assembly but was an offering to be sent to another assembly and second corinthians chapter 9 verses 1 to 5 Five confirms this fact. Moreover, brethren, my final proof that the offerings mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 to 4, and 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, will of offerings to be sent to the poor saints in Jerusalem can be gleaned from the following explanation. Accordingly, when Paul and Barnabas were commissioned by the church of Jerusalem to go to evangelize the Gentiles, the only demand that was placed upon them was that they should remember the poor, meaning the poor saints at Jerusalem. In order to comply with what was just mentioned, the Apostle Paul, in his two epistles to the Corinthian church, made two specific appeals one in first corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 to 4 and the other in second corinthians chapter 9 verses 1 to 15 to ensure that he fulfilled that request which was made by elders james cephas that is peter and john so this mandate of galatians chapter 2 verse 10 follows which i will be reading now only they would that we should remember the poor the same which i also was forward meaning anxious to do so that was galatians chapter 2 verse 10. now to confirm my stated doctrinal position i tender the following proof written by the apostle paul himself so now i go to jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it had pleased them of macedonia and Achaia. So you can read 
Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 2 to 4 as confirmation, right? And to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. So first Corinthians chapter 16, verses 3 to 4 for confirmation of the same. So verse 27, it had pleased them very, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles, meaning at Corinth, have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty at Corinth is also to minister unto them in carnal things. That's Romans chapter 15, verses 25 to 27. So, do I need to say more? I don't think so. Now that I have settled this first and second Corinthians offering issue, we can now return to the issue of tithing under the Melchizedek priesthood, even the priesthood to which all New Testament believers belong. So I know for a fact that many who subscribe to tithing in this dispensation of grace call to tithing for the sake of convenience but are not convinced themselves of its validity and the most if not all of the big wigs fall into this category although most of them would never admit that that is so i sympathize with you my friend for while they tell their followers that they are saved by grace and not by works or by the law they always appeal for tithes from their members from Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 to 11. Although this Malachi text is not dealing with just 10% but 23% at least and two of the three tithes infirmly referred to in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 were participatory festivals. So read Deuteronomy chapter 14 verses 22 to 23 and Deuteronomy chapter 14 verses 28 to 29 have observed that some are requesting tithes under the wrong priesthood and are even misrepresenting the terms of the ordinance in so doing now in order to correct this tithing normally and normally i now refer you to the to the to the book and the chapter to which the holy spirit directed me for information and doctrinal clarification on this crucial ordinance of tithing under the melchizedek order to which jesus and all his new testament followers belong now brethren after having observed that as a tighter for only a few years i was being blessed by god I inquired of the Lord, how is it that I was being blessed, if indeed Titan was wrong? Immediately after having inquired of the Lord concerning the validity of Titan and this dispensation of grace, he directed me to Hebrews chapter 7, where the Levitical Titan, which is Titan under the law, and the Melchizedek Titan under grace are clearly explained. Now, with respect to tithing under the Levitical priesthood, the following relevant doctrinal information is accordingly catalogued. So I'll be reading from Hebrews chapter 7, verse 5, which states, And verily, which means surely, they that are of the sons of Levi, 
who receive the office of priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. That's Hebrews chapter 7, verse 5. So it is clear and needs no further explanation. However, while Hebrews chapter 7, verse 5 informs us that tithing under the Levitical priesthood is tithing under the law, verses 2 and verse 4, especially verse 6 of Hebrews 7, make it abundantly clear that Melchizedek, whose priesthood was in no way linked to the Levitical priesthood, received the tithes from Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. Now, to prove that tithing under the Melchizedek priesthood is an act of gratitude and not of works, one simply needs to go to Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 to 20, and observe that Melchizedek first gave communion with bread and wine to Abraham, then blessed him. After which Abraham, recognizing that all blessings came from God, as an act of gratitude, joyfully returned thanks to God with his tithes. So in addition to the facts, we are informed that the lesser, meaning the Levitical priesthood, is blessed by the better and greater Melchizedek priesthood, which can be confirmed by reading Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7. So moreover, brethren, in an attempt to inform us even further that the Melchizedek priesthood is far superior to the Levitical priesthood, we are informed that while tithing under the Levitical priesthood was received by men that died, tithing under the superior Melchizedek priesthood was received by him of whom it is witness that he lives forever. This fact can be verified by reading Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Moreover, to encourage New Testament believers to tithe, we are accordingly informed in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 9 that tithing under the Melchizedek priesthood has a four-generational blessing. This doctrinal fact is made clear to us when Hebrews chapter 7 verse 9 informs us that Abraham's great-grandson Levi paid the tithes in Abraham. So as I come to a close, by this doctrinal insight, therefore, we know that tithing under the Melchizedek priesthood has a four-generational blessing. Brethren, can anyone who is a true believer, after having heard these facts today, still claim that tithing is an Old Testament ordinance? No, they can never. That one has to be a religious juvenile or a believer who loves money more than the boy whom he claims to love. And when one understands that we can secure our great-grandchildren's future by tithing under the Melchizedek priesthood, only a religious selfish believer would refuse to honor Christ with his tithes hereafter. So, from the insights shared today in Hebrews chapter 7, therefore, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Christ has relayed this ninth foundational pillar of civilization even in the new covenant and we his children who love the Lord will do well to subscribe joyfully to sin 
having been already blessed abundantly by our heavenly Melchizedek. So that's the end of my segment today. I will be live next Monday again. So brethren, have a safe and productive week. Remember that Jesus Christ loves you. I love you. And all I ask on a weekly basis is for persons to spend time in the world. Read your Bibles on a daily basis. Because Jesus Christ will be returning and he will be returning soon. So have a safe and productive week. Bless to everyone and thanks again for listening.